When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I might have hated that plot point more than I've hated any plot point I've ever read in a book. Should you read this book? No. No, no, you shouldn't. Should you watch this podcast episode? Yes. Definitely. Stick around. To another Tudor Ramble episode. I am Austin. And I'm Richard. And boy, oh boy, this is gonna be such a fun episode for me. Oh yeah. We finally oh. get to be united in our displeasure of a book. Normally we're on one or the other side. That's one's right. more positive, one's more negative. This time we both really dislike this book. Screw balance. We're both gonna be really harsh today if we weren't already harsh enough on books. And I will say this: should you read this book? No. No, no, you shouldn't. Should you watch this podcast episode? Yes. Definitely. Stick around. <laughs> and we're going to give a spoiler-free review, so don't worry about spoilers for the first 10 to 15 minutes, and we will warn you when spoilers are coming. We mm-hmm. will do that. And just keeping spoiler-free, I want to talk about the author for a brief second. So Tyler Whitesides is the author mm-hmm. of this book. And Tyler, you're always welcome on the pod. I'd love to talk to you. That would be fantastic. That's me being nice, now me being mean. <laughs> this is the only book we've read from Tyler Whitesides. Yeah. And he has always done children's stories. This was his first adult fantasy that he did, and I think that shows in a lot of the in, mm. in a lot of the book. And we'll have a lot of complaints for it, but to give the benefit of the doubt to Tyler, I think this was his first attempt at adult fantasy, and he can write better and, than us, of course. And here's the thing: I've read books where, like Lacanus Trilogy, I think is a famous example of the yeah. first one. I don't think is that good. But by the end, it's a very well-remembered series. I think he improved greatly in the following books. So to get your first like adult fantasy book, like the cream of the crop, I think that's kind of rare and very difficult to do. Oh, even, for sure. even Sanderson started off with the launchers, and it's arguably his worst book. And even then, but the thing is, Sanderson's great, so... It was still good. Atlantis yeah. is still good. It's just not his best work. Right. And we are, since we're going to be very negative this episode, I want to step out of ourselves for a second. And mm-hmm. the general reviews of the public, so this was rated a 4.0 on Goodreads. The rabble. Uh-huh. The, the rabble? What's the rabble? Oh, the general public, the populace, the peasants, the peons. Oh, the ra- rabble. rabble, that's a word for them? The rabble, yes. I, did you make that up? No. Really? Have you ever heard of the term rabble rousers? Yeah. The rabble. The, the rabble are the one that rouses. The rabble rousers. You're sounding like me right now. 
and I think I've infected you with something. I don't know what it is, but get checked. Get checked out. Get che- <laughs> so the rabble, the rabble on the streets is this. The rabble, is, the peons, the peasants. This, this is rated a 4.0 on Goodreads. Mm-hmm. Until recently, it just went down to a 3.99. Yeah, that was me. Yeah, that was you. You. I, I made about twenty different Goodreads accounts. <laughs> you review bombed it. You, you and Tyler have some beef. Oh yeah, no, we're we're going at it. We're getting a boxing rep, a boxing match in a few weeks. Oh, what wouldn't that be something? Oh, oh god, that would. I think people would pay money for critics, and then the the content creators of the the of what critics are actually criticizing get into a boxing ring. Oh yeah, us who provide nothing to this guy who probably spent years making this oh, book. Oh yeah. What's more valuable? Us like reading a book and like spending you know, I don't like spending, it. like hour or two or something on our thoughts and then like crapping all over it and he spent how many days? How Little, many months of his like life? Like this was an homage to his late mother. And we're just <laughs> we're just going, it sucks. You suck. Yeah. That would be great. Uh, we're parasites living off the side of people who actually create things. Yes, and oh my god, we're we're ter- we're we're hypocrites, but we gotta we gotta stick to our yeah, stick to our stick. I'm I'm really hoping for the day when other people start uh, a parasitic chain and start doing reactions of our videos oh, and then critiquing our stuff, and so oh. then it's parasite on a parasite. Oh, and yes, that, that would be great. Be great. Man, ha- someone created a channel called Three to Ramble, and there then we Four go. to Ramble. No, no, no. And then and five three to Ramble is literally just. That person yeah. in like the corner doing a reaction video to our video, and that's yes. Three to then Ford Ramble is someone reacting to, to the, the reactor to ours. Yes. Oh, there we go. Yes, that's that what be, we need. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. <laughs> and so for this book, we did this for our most recent patron book of the month, where we discuss every month with patrons and review a book in our dis- Discord. Yeah. So if you want to check that out in the description below, want to support us. But hey, you can also just like the videos here and keep watching for free. I do want to say we had some general consensus amongst the patrons was that this book was either fine, like kind of fun, or waste of time. Like Mads, for example, recommended this book and had us read it, said she enjoyed it. And then you had Breadsticks, for example, said, I spent 20 bucks and I don't know if I needed to. And then you had someone in the middle like Lucas who said it's B-level Marvel fun. So that's to give, I guess, the three angles of whether it was fine or not. And to be fair, I actually understand kind of all three perspectives of it. I, I can yeah. understand someone going like, hey, look, this is in my genre wheelhouse. I kind of like it's enjoy Like the whole idea of B, B-movie Marvel fun, like that's what the book does really feel like. I'd say at best it does that, and that's totally fine. I think that for you viewers out there, we did say don't read this. There's pro- Some of you will like it more than we did we're definitely more negative because my my only thought on this is if you really liked the lies of Locke Lamora and mm. you're looking for another book like that this book doesn't scratch the itch because you're constantly reading going man this is just a worse version of the lies of Locke Lamora so you'd say to the viewer read lies of Locke Lamora not Arter Ben yeah exactly. now listen don't click off that doesn't mean click off the video that everything's over I'm gonna I'm gonna make you stick around and I'm gonna throw insults at Rich or something I don't know stick around for that eh, that's what they're always here for it's just, just I we, think we're, we're the, here to rib on each other the drop off rate like we're saying don't read it they're like okay next video <laughs> <laughs> so the but see that's only if they trust us that's right okay that's the thing they we only have, click off the video if they trust our opinions absolutely oh my god everyone's gonna stick around now there we great. go yeah so, spoiler-free review, what this book is about, and I'm going to not give my bias in this. This is actually what the book is about. You have Arter Ben is your protagonist, and he is a ruse artist and, you know, makes a lot of tricks and disguises and does things to trick people. He's a ruse artist, and he 
gets this big ruse because a priest comes to him. The priest's name is Halavand. And the goal is Arter Ben has to go steal the king's crown, the most valuable item in all the realm. And we don't know exactly what the ultimate goal is. So there's a bit of a mystery element from the priest's end. From The priest has this mystery story, finding out why you need this crown. And then you have Arter Ben and the heist story of he has to go steal the crown for the priest. So it's great concept, I'll, I will say that, where you have half heist, half mystery. And I was enjoying the book at first as well, so it has that going for it. And then you find out there's a bunch of mysteries that get be, that come and it gets big, big in scale. That's too much. I don't want to go further than that with the spoiler-free review. Is that fair enough, or do you want to add anything on that? As a non-spoilery part of it, yeah, I do think the book would be better if it was a better mix of the mystery and heist. Mm-hmm. If there was a little less heist and a bit more mystery, I think it would have hit a really good balance. That's fair. And I'll get into specifics on how I think that could actually work later right. when we talk about plot. All right, Rich. So what did you rate The Thousand Deaths of Arter Ben? I rated it out of 10 on a Rambler rating. Rambler rating. A 3.85 out of 10. Very specific and nice. I like it. Uh, it tickles my fancy. <laughs> you know what I gave it? What'd you give it? A 3.7. That's pretty low. Lower than you. Isn't that surprising? That is lower than me. Was that your response? We're 0.15 away, and your first reaction was, that's pretty low. We're the same! It's like, we're, <laughs> just, just, just be my friend for once, Richard! I start crying. <laughs> really, I can't do it. So, oh, let me get the this only, right. The only... wait, 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 hold on! Let me get this right. You gave it a 3.85. Yeah. I gave it a 3.7. Your first reaction is, oh, wow, that's pretty low. That's, surprising. that's a surprisingly low score. You gave it the same! <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> Sorry, it's it's getting hot. Yeah, we have to turn off the AC in here or else it <laughs> registers on the mics because apparently we don't know how to actually cut that noise out without making our voice. I'm getting into the details again. Yeah, you didn't need to, to do that. Doing, you you didn't, really didn't. I didn't need to pull back Listen. the curtain of our problems behind the scenes. So many problems. We just start dishing out stuff. <laughs> like, you know what? My feet, I have a blister right now. I do. It's real bad, actually. It's a, Is it? Yeah. Do you want to? No. No, I okay. don't want to. So, I, so. I wanted to. I was going to give you something for I'm not looking at Okay. But we're still at spoiler free. Keep, keeping on that spoiler free, what would you say about the book? Why you didn't like it so much before we get into spoilers? Ultimately, it comes down to believability. Believability. When, okay. When you're crafting a world, the best thing you could do is make it make a world where people think, Oh yeah, I can see that as being real. And that, like mm. where things are internally consistent, where you can come up with thought and actually play it out in this world. Because yeah. things are kind of internally consistent and it all feels real to you. Mm-hmm. That this book doesn't feel that way in many aspects. So I think the world itself maybe has it has some neat concepts but i think in application of the setting doesn't feel that real the characters themselves are most of them are fairly boring one note uh, main th- main thing is arter ben is really surface level i can't There's wait to much get talking in the characters I, I, he's probably like the most boring character of the book and he's the main character mm-hmm. and then third is the plot there's there's some pretty significant plot holes that Maybe it's not a full deus ex machina, but it makes me feel this book did not need to be this long. Basically, every category, just it failed at that yeah. for you. Yeah. And when we get into the specifics, there's a lot to dish out here. This is going to be this is going to be a venting session. <laughs> this is therapy for us. And I would I agree with you on all fronts. I think coming what it comes down to, quick spoiler-free thing, is that 
it tries to be epic and fun and it does neither the epicness or the fun correctly that's how i feel about it it didn't it, it could have stayed epic or could have stayed fun but it it tried to get into both and failed failed for me uh, again very pretentious to say it's just it wasn't it wasn't uh, fun and epic enough for me you know it didn't it didn't do, do hey, that that's you what know? people are that's what but, you know that's what we're here for how however many couple hundred people are here for <laughs> yeah that, that's right so ready to get in spoilers here's the spoiler warning for you all should you stop watching the video i mean if you're get another opinion before you get into spoilers here if you haven't read it yet but we will be talking spoilers mm-hmm. we will be doing that starting now richard what is your emotional impact score a 3.75 Guess what was what? yours a 3.75 there we go we L- agree that means you have the correct score. So it takes you agree it me. takes us having the precise to the hundredth decimal score for you to give me an ounce of respect. You have to have the same opinion as me, or else you're wrong. So when we were off by 0.15, that you was were 0.15. That was a big wrong. deal. No, I do agree because we have to figure out why we were 0.15 <laughs> off specifically. Yeah, exactly. But emotionally, we completely agree. Yeah, and um, emotionally speaking, I know this trickles down into the characters, the plot, this, but broad, broadly speaking, now we can talk spoilers. Why does it suck? Broadly speaking, in the first half of the book, yeah, maybe seventy percent, something like that. I thought it was a. I was thinking more five to six range. I it wasn't really gripping, but there were some aspects that I was more positive about. So yeah, yeah, not not the worst. It's by the end that I became very detached from the story and didn't really like it. Mm. And so that's what dropped the score for me. That kind of applies for all the characters and the world building and then the plot. I just kept getting taken out of the story yeah, yeah. and I could very easily put it down. So Fair enough. Mostly speaking, yeah, I could have. I, I would have probably not finished this if it wasn't our book club of the month for the, yeah. for the Patreon. I mean, really, I would have probably stopped at some point and this would have been a DNF. Mm-hmm. For me as well, I think... It's good to use the example of Brandon Sanderson teaches the three P's in storytelling, the promise, progress, payoff. That's what it comes down to of why you love a story or don't love a story. You're promised something, there's progress, and you get the payoff at the end of what was promised to you. Mm-hmm. And it fails at that. It makes a promise, and the promise is there's going to be this heist and the scale is going to increase. And it, it does. The things happen, but the progress to get there spends too much time in one places. There's plot holes in there. The characters aren't interesting to follow. The world isn't realized, and that all accumulates into this payoff that is way quicker than the actual progress, which is more unfun, which we'll get into in plot. I, I would also say the payoff is very detached oh, from very, the promise. Very. Like, oh, okay. Go, go on that. Maybe I'm not understanding you. Yeah. Okay, so... Ultimately, there's the mystery aspect, and then there's the heist aspect. Yeah, yeah. The heists... So, the big promise of the book is the heist. And then that's kind of done, and it's kind of a... Like, the heist is... Went off without really a whimper. It's not the end of the book. And then the mystery is teased, and that's the actual big finale. And both feel kind of strange, where you have a big promise for the heist and a very weak payoff, and you have a weak promise for the mystery and a big payoff that doesn't feel earned. Right, and even Do you the, see yeah, that kind one, of weird. Yes, yeah, I'm thinking the best example of that, which we will harp in on plot. So let's we'll move on from emotional impact after this, just because we'll get more mm-hmm. specific. But with the payoff, for example, of who was the spy? Well, let's yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll talk that in plot, but that's a promise. A promise that was made in the book of, hey, oh there's a spy. And the payoff of that, that's just one micro example of all the promise and the payoffs that were made here. 
Is that mm-hmm. a fair example? Yeah. All right, so let's get specific. Characters, what'd you give characters out of 10? I gave it a 3.5. What'd you give it? I gave it a 3.5. We We're go. two for two. If you're watching our channel for the first time, this is a miraculous. <laughs> because usually we're off by like 0.5 and it makes a huge argument. But yeah. this, this is great. <laughs> I feel, my brethren, because our scores actually adjusted a little bit after the uh, after we were in Discord and after yeah. we talked about it with the patrons. It adjusted and it seems like we adjusted really close to each other. Yeah, so, well, I mean, I dropped my score. <laughs> okay, that's why. Mainly, that's why, mainly got it. it. So we got to talk Arter Ben first. He's the protagonist of this book. Ultimately, he feels like a car- He feels like the male equivalent of like eye candy. So, mm-hmm. like you know, those characters in a um, ma- a male audience focused story yeah. where the female character is literally just on page or just on screen to be eye candy and be like the love interest, right? And like the character, like the girl has no personality, nothing, and just supposed to be hot and into the main character. This is that reverse, but it's like the male version, where mm. the male character, Arter Ben, is really doesn't have much of a personality other than he's charming and perfect and handsome. And, like, there's not much of struggles going on with him. Like, I, I have no interest in what his past was because it seems fairly uninteresting because any of his current conflicts is really... He's just too good. Look, I don't yeah, see any look, conflict. Look with at him. the core, the core of his character. Of what what are what's the character's wants, needs, and the flaws? Arter's been flaw apparently is that he's too arrogant. But that arrogant, that arrogance, one helps him be the ruse artist, and two get he's makes, actually successful. Well, also makes Cora fall in love with him. Because Cora even says at a certain point, like he's he's so arrogant, but in a good way. That kind of thing of where yeah. his his supposed flaws don't affect him poorly as a character. Until you kind of get the rug pulled out yes. under you at the very end. where Yeah. That does, and and like it seems, su- it cheapens it. It's supposed to feel like, oh, this is a real flaw from Art Bennett, and I'm going, mm-hmm. like, it wasn't a flaw throughout the rest of this story. Right. Why is it now a flaw? Right. What's the change? Mm-hmm. It, it, it felt so strange of, and this is getting, I guess, more into plot, but the ending between him and Korra. So... Arter, Arter Ben lies to Cora all the time, mm-hmm. and for, for the mainly for the heist, but sometimes in to hide personal matters from from yeah. her, and that doesn't seem to bother. Her. She kind of they come to an understanding, they grow, learn together. Right. And the very end, Arter lies to her and put tells her to go somewhere else while he does the final act and uh, to mm-hmm. bring back the dragon. And he says he does that because she would be a distraction, and like he doesn't want her there to put her in danger or. He, she would distract him in some way and it'd make it harder for him to do it if she was there. I call bullshit. Bullshit on that. No, they, they've been doing this whole heist together. Why this? Why is it this moment that he actually sends her away? Right, the he, it right here. Literally <clears throat> just before, like mm-hmm. the scene before where he's like, I gotta keep her safe, gotta put, uh, I gotta keep her safe and all this. He just sent her on a very dangerous mission to go get a dragon egg from a dragon egg I, from Bacall. Well, I don't think alone. I don't think he sent her. She went and did that without him knowing. No, he right? said like, "Give me the dragon egg." I no, I think she went and got it for him, didn't she? I guess. I so. think, but I, I yeah. But do you I, get like? I, I'm, I do get I'm your thinking point. of the point of do, yeah. she just went and got a dragon egg all by herself, where it took them a whole team to actually sneak on to Pakal, mm. and it was a oh, yeah, whole mess. This is all plot, and right. She just did it all by herself. 
And then so like, oh, I got to push you away. What are you talking about? She's been integral to this whole process. She's been endangered. She's better at it than you in some aspects. Looking at the- I I didn't buy that whole conflict at the end. Well, look look at the character. Look at Arter Ben and Cora's character, right? And by the Mm. way, you do remind me of Arter Ben in a lot of ways. It's just, you know, generally uninteresting. (laughs) Uninteresting and arrogant. There we go. Yeah, you, you said the second part, not me. <laughs> but Arter Ben and look at their characters because we'll get more into plot with that because I had that huge complaint too. Mm-hmm. But as a character, Arter Ben and Cora, I think why that plot reason makes it just doesn't make as much sense is just before that. Cora's example in the argument that she has with Arter Ben at the end is hey, you, uh, you didn't even save me from Tanolin, I escaped myself as an argument. And I'm just thinking, even that thing is like for a character to say, even though you're high on emotions or whatever it might be, is I can't relate to somebody being like, hey, you got me flowers, but I already had flowers. You know, it's like, it's just like, it's just a silly kind of cliche forcing the characters to have an argument. And I think we, I don't understand, I don't understand the character relationships enough because Cora just falls in love with our Ben. One of my complaints, Cora is, a, I think, one of the better characters in the book. Well, because she but actually it doesn't, has flaws. Yeah, what doesn't make sense is her quick, her quick way of falling in love with Arter Ben because it's it's kind of that cheap romance of she goes, it just kind of juts in there. And the lines of like, he's arrogant, but in a good way of, oh, Sparks, he's amazing. And just all oh, these things. Sparks, he yeah. has such a way with the words. And I will I, I will later show up that, that line that happened. Oh, oh my God, it was terrible. But yeah, <laughs> do you get what I'm saying with the, yeah. the characters? And then you have Rake. What do you think about Rake as a character? Boring. The main thing, his perspective wasn't there. He, his, all, his whole existence was to be a red herring. That was his purpose in the plot. You could almost cut him out entirely. He was there to make, like, basically they wanted some banter dialogue between uh, him and Arter Ben to show, like, uh, what fun pals they are. And they make them more charming. But other than that, like, you could honestly cut Rake out of the story pretty easily. It's not that he's not in it for a lot of... He does a lot of stuff behind the scenes that doesn't really need to be there. And ultimately, by the end of the plot, you kind of realize why he's there. It's to be a red herring. That, mm. Oh, it's Rake, Rake's the traitor. Rake's the traitor. Rake's the traitor. Uh, psych. He isn't. And on plot... Oh, my God. We got, yeah. a, we got a lot of frustrating things to say. What do you think more so about the villains of the story, like the king? Or the Prime Isle? Kind of dumb. Like, mm. I guess the king is a bit more... Just, but when you first meet him, I, I kind of liked him. But the problem of being an intimidating villain, he's tricked every time. Like, over and over and over again. I just don't buy him as a real compelling villain. Got it. Yeah. He was he How many was times? Fine is, how, and- every interaction, he basically takes the L. Oh, I'm about to I'm about to grind your gears. Hmm. I, I forgot about this character, Tantalin Four. Yeah, no, that that was a Tantalin Four was an annoying character. Annoying at, character to follow. At one point, like in the beginning, you go, okay, it's Arter Ben's like past love interest, and that's gonna be keeping him and Cora apart in yeah. some way. And then you meet her, and she doesn't make sense at all. It just she felt like so convenient to the plot. It, she almost felt like a deus ex machina of like, oh, stuff's going wrong. And then she just kind of helps him out and then, d- but still doesn't like him. Mm. And she's supposed to be this straight and narrow. 
straight straight and arrow. She's working for the king. She she follows the law and all this, but she breaks the law several times pretty darn easily. Ferrara and all that, yeah. It's yeah, just, but that yeah. also helps Cora. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just is. Yeah, I, there don't seem to be really any consequences. In like, there's no real drama there of all the the conflict between Arterben and Tanlin Four. There should be something there, and it feels like it just falls flat. This is exactly how I rate things as well. And when I'm judging a book, is this thousand deaths of Arter Ben could have just went for that fun heist mm-hmm. of Arter Ben being that being that James Bond character. You know, doesn't have to have these huge flaws, or he doesn't have to come across to try to make this epic, this epic story with a twist at the end. There's conflict with the love interest, and boom, you know, creates creates all this drama. And so clearly, clearly, the author's going for an impact and wants you to see Arter Ben grow, which I don't even think there's much of that. Wants to see you this huge change with all these characters you're following. But if it kind of just zoned in more on the let's have fun, let's follow the ruse artist, I would have even liked it better. But yeah. the emotional points I was supposed to feel something were so bad because the character was set up in a way. Like Arter, Arter Ben's just the biggest example because I think this goes true for all the characters of the flaws are flaws are presented but don't affect the character. And the, the, don't, it doesn't affect the plot. It doesn't I should get say, in the way. I should say significantly. Like, sure, you could point out Senior here. It, but. It's kind of like that example. It, this is a worse example of the gripe with uh, In the Shadow of Lightning. So mm-hmm. in the Shadow of Lightning, the main character has a particular flaw that's like really shown, and mm-hmm. it's kind of comes up again, but ultimately doesn't feel like a very substantive flaw that gets in the way of right. the character. It's a reason why I really like um, Joe Abercrombie. It's because characters have real flaws, not surface level bullshit. They have real, real character flaws, and it negatively affects them in the story. Mm-hmm. Of like, oh. They're having a hard, like, their negative flaws affect the plot going forward. Mm. It, it feels far more like a character influencing the plot than a plot influencing right. the character. That's the way, to, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Now, before we move on the plot, I wanted to ask you, which character do you think I'm most similar to? I said you were like Arter Ben. Oh, most I'm... similar to? Yeah, yeah. Who do you think I am? The crazy. Hey, those were some of my favorite characters. I'll yeah, take that. Go. Thank you. Even though they were the crazies. Yeah. <laughs> I plot you. I think characters, there's, it, I wish we could stay more on the characters, but there's nothing else to say, I don't think. It's the flaws were presented, the problems, they weren't, it, it wasn't impactful enough because they were written in such a way that leave it at that, I guess, right? Well, I mean, what else is there to expand upon for you? Um, We'll get the positives. Yeah, I, I like the crazies. Yeah, crazies. The crazies yeah. were pretty fun when they're on when they're on the yeah. page. I I think um, the characters can yeah. be more explained as well in the plot decisions that were made. I guess yeah. the plot really does affect how I think about the characters too. And what did you rate plot out of ten? I gave the plot a four out of ten. Four out of ten. I gave it a three out of ten. I'll be honest. You could convince me to lower it. I this may be was my it's my lowest category. It's my lowest score for the book, and there are so many damn reasons why. I, the plot was infuriating. It, 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 actively, I was reading it going, come on, what? Are you serious? Richard, help me. I'm going to cut my arm off. Richard, help. And so it was really bad. I was having yeah. a tough time. And did you hear me screaming that upstairs? No? You didn't? 
I, I tuned you out. Oh, you, you heard him. Nah, he's fine. Put the headphones back on. <laughs> I got a bullet point list of stuff here. Okay. Okay, first point, and we'll just go from there, right? I, I just want to... Okay, here's the positive. Here's the outlook of the plot. The plot is broken down into three parts. Capture crown, get egg... Get, or not get that. Sorry, not get egg. Capture the crown, get the... The, the poo. Go to Pakal. Go to Pakal, get the poo there, and then become paladin visitant. There's the three parts of the plot. Yeah. I think that's a good way to break it down just so we can look at the grand scope of this. Mm-hmm. First thing, pacing of the book, it is way too long. Chapter one was also super long, it's a minor complaint, but way too long in the parts it didn't need to be and way too short in the parts that it needed to be. Yeah, it comes, it comes down to the promise and payoff is the first part is the biggest promise. Yeah. This big, long heist, and then... What, promise and, and payoff? You're, you, so you agree with me, like the whole thing I was saying, promise, yes, payoff, you think that I'm was a good... i with you. Yeah, yes. what, do you, what do you think about that? You want to give me some like, hey, Austin, that was a... Earlier, when you said the promise and payoff, like what, from Sanderson, I thought that was great contribution to the podcast in general. Now you're making me want to disagree with you. You understand that, right? <laughs> I'm, I, making, I'm fueled on spite. <laughs> I know, I'm making fundamental parts of storytelling. You will... You know what? The first part's the best part of the book. <laughs> <laughs> It's just uh, anything. You know what? I, say, I like that ending. <laughs> I'm up I ch- my score I to an eight my, out of ten. Change my whole rating. But okay, so with the promise and payoff. Well, think about it this way: is what the the promise of the first one? Yes, is probably the biggest. The payoff is the least, and mm. it's the most time spent. Like, if oh, you you're spend right. The most time on it, and yes. So, the thing you spend the most time on should probably be the most important. Yeah, and. The things that they spent the least amount of time on was ultimately the most important stuff. Yeah. Where it would have been, I think this change could have really made it a far more interesting Ooh. book. Yeah. And I had this thought like literally while we were talking about it is what if Arter Ben was actually taking a more active role in investigating Halivant and trying to figure out why? Why why they're going on this whole heist? Okay. What that would actually solve is actually incorporate Arter Ben into the un- uncovering this mystery element. Maybe he starts working with Halivand on this, uh, gets cl- clued in on this stuff earlier, okay. and then has to maybe has to lie to lie to the crewmates because he doesn't want to uh, throw them off, and that could add a bit more drama there. But mm-hmm. it would add that mystery element and make it more important rather than just kind of dropping the mystery portions in Halivan chapters every so often than we eventually find out. And it feels so isolated. And incorporate that stuff into the plot. Maybe maybe because now um, Arter Ben figures out why they're stealing it, he has to change the plans. Like, oh no, we gotta, we gotta change things. The timer's up. We gotta actually move forward faster. Whatever it may be, okay, that could have been more integrated and actually make the long... Uh, heist part of the ultimate payoff and that long heist seems to be on the backbone of the heist itself is explained in so much detail it's it is telling not showing the heist you see the heist eventually but it's planned out we get the whole thing we know what's coming and there's going to be something that puts us that changes the plan a little bit and the biggest problem with that is they have all this time to premeditate and mm-hmm. come up with this perfect plan of how to steal the crown. And then one of your big complaints is when they actually get to the moment of something in the plan changes, where the king find, there was a tra- it was a trap, and now they have to figure out how to get the crown. The king's coming into the throne room. What do they do? What do they do? Oh my god! And then in that moment, Arter Ben comes up with a better plan 
than all the premeditation it took to get there. Or an easier form of the story. And by the way, viewers, this is this is Rich who came up with this. Like you, this is mm-hmm. I'm I'm venting through you of, and I completely agree with your point on this. Is that Rake has disguised as a Reggie several times. Like you could theoretically see an easier plan than going through all this disguising as composers and having to go in this play and cause this illusion grit and make sure this works times perfectly so that we can get in the room and get the king there so that we can do this at this time so that we can swap it and then get a perfect replica when okay all of this that you're spending half the book on what if you disguise as a reggie use some memory grit you know get him off to the corner uh, cause an assassination memory grit boom steal the crown Something simple, which yeah. is what they come up with at the end they, of it. No, there's, there's an do easier path to victory. And so all of it just feels like such wasted time of really? That, you went through all of this. That all moment of this really killed to get there. my enjoyment. He destroyed it. The, the fact that they were able to, in an impromptu plan, basically fake an assassination attempt on the king, swap, oh. swap the crown and get... So the to touch it or something just to touch it so that I was even talking about the the end portion where Core is trapped and coming up with that plan. Oh yeah yeah yeah. no that also worked. Like there's several points. Also there's a there's a point of at that moment why the hell did Cora not just get the regalia like stored on her person underneath her clothes or something and then walk out? They had memory grip. Why'd they throw it in the fire? I'm sorry if you guys are watching the spoiler section and haven't read the book. Basically, wait a second. The whole plan goes wait, out the window. Wait a second. I even Get my point. Wait, why didn't she? Yeah. Why didn't she? Honestly, write a note that says this is the real regalia. Something like I that. I have no explanation. Yeah, that's just an Oh God! And can I go off of the plot hole that I saw now, as well? Your okay. head cannon part of this. Head cannon. Is yeah, yeah. She can, or yeah. if she took it out, she'd be like, "Oh, the plan failed," and she may think that she actually has the fake regalia rather I than guess. the real one. But even then, like, she just just walk out. Yeah, right? maybe she, walks she out. maybe they were afraid of getting searched. I don't know. That could be a head cannon. I, like it, no, it's. <sighs> but, a, but big portion comes down to all of this is planned out and the pacing is so long and it's so focused on this plan. The pl- Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Plan is way too convoluted. And then you find out the solution at the end. And just think, if the so plan strange. was convoluted and it felt necessary to right, be convoluted, but it's not. then yeah, yeah, it justifies itself. But the payoff makes the oh. promise, not the whole process seem kind of pointless. And not to mention, can I rant about this plot hole? There's a massive plot hole in this book halfway through where, and if, if you haven't read the book, it's not going to make much sense here. So hopefully you've read the book where Cora and Arter Ben are disguised as different people, the singer and composer there. So Arter Ben is disguised as Dale. Cora is disguised as Enzania. Believe her Enzania. name is Enzania. And what happens is when 
Arter Ben is called out by, at the time we don't know it's Elbrig, one of the crazies, but is brought on the stage. It's like, hey, this is the guy who did the Unclaimed Symphony or whatever it was. There's the gunfire and they, they know Arter Ben's in the building. They have to search everybody. So Arter Ben and Cora in their, in their disguises have to come up with a plan of how do we get out of here and not get searched. You know, they're going to find out who we are. So they come up with this plan of Cora knocks out Dale, you know, knocks out, this is the story. That Quora knocks out yeah. Arter Ben's. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Ar, Arter so Ben. The, so here's what yeah, actually yeah. happens Arter, Arter Ben takes off his disguise yes. and holds Cora captive. Yes. Fake captive. Arter Ben says he escapes. knocked out. Yeah. Arter Ben knocks out Dale. Like, that's their story. It's the yeah. same person, but Cora's story is that, hey, Arter Ben knocked out Dale, took me hostage, and we drift gridded out of there. And that's, oh my God, I almost died. Yeah. That's the whole story is that Arter Ben knocked out Dale. Then they find out, wait a second, the, the Reggies and King all find out Arter Ben and Dal are the same person. So her story was a complete lie. Complete lie. Because if Arter Ben and Dal are the same person, that means Cora lied. She knew that Arter Ben was also Dal. Arrest her! Now, the king, you, you could be saying the king's keeping her, her there to do the opera and whatnot, but a literal Reggie goes and is questioning her one by one. They're trying to figure out if they're, she's a threat to the king. The, their whole job is do not let someone like Arter Ben or them kill the king or get near the king. They're investigating here after she gave a story to the Reggie saying, hey, my husband, my husband Dale got knocked out by Arter. Wait a second. They're the same person. Doesn't make sense. So complete. Yeah. I can't, I can't explain that. It's just a whole, I think. It's either like maybe the story that she gave to some other Reggie wasn't written down. <sighs> I don't know. And that the investigating Reggie later on didn't know. Yeah. That's the only explanation is incompetence on their part. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe there's an explanation out there. Thing is, there's be a simple fix is I look all, all the story has to change is say, uh, Coral be Oh, I, I looked for, I was looking for my husband. I couldn't find him in order. Ben kidnapped right. me. Yeah. That could be, that could have been something. That would have changed it. <laughs> and then next plot point I want to mm. get into is grit. Now, I, won't, I don't want to talk yeah. about the magic of Grit quite yet, mm-hmm. but as far as the plot goes with Grit, th- felt so unsatisfying. All the Grit seems there to drive the plot, and one of the primary things you need in a magic system, and I, I'm saying this for plot purposes, I'll go back to Sanderson. Sanderson says one of his laws of magic is the amount of enjoyment someone gets from the payoff of magic system is directly proportional to how well you understand said magic and solve problems with that magic. Yeah. And I don't think it does that well. No, because ultimately it is so specific and yet so boring. That there's not really any interesting applications of anything in here. Like they combine stuff together, but it all kind of just makes too much sense. And I was also thinking, so if you haven't read the book, the how the magic system works is they basically feed random junk to a dragon. And depending on what they feed it, when it uh poop when it uh poops out, yeah. poops out the I think defecates is a defecates word. is a good word. For some reason the dragon uh you know, burns burns its feces with its dragon breath, and then humans come along, take that, and process it into a powder, and that powder can explode and operate all these different magic systems. An example, apparently oak wood. Oak wood does the, like, void grit or something. Like, it, it does a specific, uh, specific function. 
mm-hmm. and it like avoids a certain space in an area. But if you use like redwood or any other type of wood, it doesn't do the same thing. And I'm going or human skull why? versus a femur. Uh, yeah, or... so human skull fed to a dragon will create memory grit. Mm. And here I'm thinking, but human skull bone is the same anatomically, chemically speaking, it's the same as femur. Right, the boring answer is, it's, oh, it's magic. Right. Yeah, but yeah. how does the dragon's gut know the difference between... <laughs> the believability isn't there, it's the... Yeah, it, yeah. it just, it, it doesn't really operate. And then they're so specific and distant from each other. that there, There's kind of a weird connection of like, how each of them operate kind of oddly specific. Yeah, yeah. None of them really, like, what is the connection between memory grit and void grit? And also... I, or, I, well, just, or drift grit. Yeah, that, and they're, well, they're no, all Rich, just, that's, that's more in the magic. I'm, yeah. When talking about the plot of what grit does, of why it so, just doesn't work with the plot, is, yes, it's set up. Like, hey, we see memory grit early on. Yes, we see illusion grit. It just seems like everything you could possibly need for the ruses to work, there's a memory grit for you. For some reason, it's not as fun. And also because of the kind of unlimited supply. It's not like other magic systems where there's some limit. To, you know, you create limits with your magic. You make it so that you know magic's there. Like, Kaladin can do certain things. You, you know that's in the, in, in, the, in the backpack. And you could do this at certain times. And there's limits to it. With the grit, it's like, okay, you got all this grit on you. And you go into the plan... It's kind of unlimited. They have it because they have unlimited money. So you need to do this, okay? Memory grit. You need to do this, illusion grit. You need to do this, fly. You need to do this. So whatever the plot needs to serve, there's a grit for it. And it doesn't feel satisfying of how they get the grit. It doesn't feel satisfying of what the grit does. There's never that moment of an interesting combination of grit where you're like, whoa, they did something new. That's a cool twist The payoff of the proportion of I understand they did something... They added on exactly right. And it's just, it's, it exists. And that's so unfun. And here's the thing. If it was that, where it, maybe it's not very creative. Yeah. It could be more fun. Mm-hmm. It's kind of lame of just, it creates spheres of clouds that do a thing. Right. And typically, it just the use of it is not very fun. I'm thinking of like Mistborn. Mistborn, I think, is a very similar magic system in a way. Mm. It, this is not really a spoiler to Mistborn, but the magic system works as if a person who has the ability of allomancy, which is the name of the magic system, they if they consume a metal of a certain type of metal, they will have the they will be able to burn it inside their inside themselves and use a certain power. Mm. And when they run out of metal, they run out of power. But, you know, they could eat more and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But all of all of the powers seem to have very interesting yings and yangs. They kind of all connect to each other in a certain way. The applications become very interesting on what the limits and how far you can push it and where you can't. And can you digest any metals? Far in this more fun. Well, can you digest any metals? Like, is that how you how's it work exactly? Yeah, basically or, yeah, you yeah. eat it. Like, yeah. It tiny. You like basically put it in your drink. Interesting. I have to read Mistborn. So you have bad. to read Mistborn. Okay. It's great. It's great. Okay. Yeah. So when when it comes to this, did not land there. And I want to let's talk more grit when we get to magic. Sure. Because I I want to go into another big plot point and make sure we don't go over this because this is this might have affected my opinion of the plot more than anything. I said it was minor before. I say it's not minor. It, it's it's major. I say minor because it's. It's so it it makes it a small detail when it's revealed, but it's such a big 
part of the plot is who was the traitor at the end. The stupid baker. I'm so, okay. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say this real quick. Tyler Whitesides again. Again, all the respect. You, you wrote this book. I'm so sorry, Tyler. But I might have hated that plot point more than I've hated any plot point I've ever read in a book because it was so. Yeah. So it felt that right there is when I where I went. I am wasting my time. What was that reveal of? Who was the spy all along? All, all of the oh, setup of God. Oh, who, who's the per, the one that betrayed us? And oh. it, no matter who it was, it was gonna hurt. And, oh, and just oh, the, at every turn they've they've been catching us at every turn, and then it's like oh yeah, it was the it's baker. The, it's the person that overheard you. Like Ugh. I don't even want to articulate. You got to do this for me because I can't articulate how bad that is. It's just so. Ultimately, it's zero consequences for the characters. So you set up this whole idea of there's going to be drama and consequences between the characters' relationships. And because it the it being this random third party we don't really know, you basically sidestep all the consequences. Great point. Yeah. Then on top of that, it's not really set up that it's the baker really well. It there's no real clues because you kind of think that would be stupid. Like it's constantly like it's somebody important. That's what it should be. The fact that it's somebody so non-important and then it's glossed over and then everything's back to the way it was before feels pointless. So That's a pattern of consequences. I think everything the book does wrong is the consequences go away even when you think it's starting to get there where Rake dies. We think he's dead. Yeah. He's alive. Consequences and gone. Everything we, starts and ends in the well, same spot. Tell me, what, where, what are the consequences of the whole book? Arter Ben, where does he end up? Well, here's okay. The, where, does yeah. he, where does he start? And then where does he Arter, end up? Right. Uh, the book starts. Arter and Rake yeah. are buddy-buddy together. Their yep. relationship is strong as ever. And they're doing a ruse. They're, they're living life. And then they start the story. And where is the end of it? They've completed their heist. They've done their thing. Rake and Arter are now closer than ever. And Korra, who was in this book, is now gone away. So, like, and then did anyone learn any lessons? That Was there anything that they uh, gained from this? No. You could start the next book not reading the first one at this point. The end. Like, what, what actually changed? They yeah. ended in the same spot. Yeah, the, the I guess the one change, um, I agree with you. Yeah. I agree totally with you. I guess the one change is like, oh, they're going to quit the life of crime type of thing. No, but they're not. That, that I know, that seems... It seems like I don't even think they even did they really imply that it said like I think the last line of it is just here something has to change here's here's the last line of the book it is uh, he remembered her face in the well he was done now okay I'm not finding it exactly oh keep going while I try to find it no so ultimately the loss of consequences it is just so annoying to me that Anything that could have had some real weight in the book was taken away from us. The mm. traitor could have been something with real impact. The death of Rake could have been something with real impact. The relationship with um, Tanalyn Four could have really had a strong impact on the characters. Yes. None of it does. It, it's set up to be actually a strong uh, something. Right. And it's just not. It's the, that's what it comes. The payoff, the consequences are not there when it attempts to be there, and it's it always falls flat. And the here's the end line of the book. It mm-hmm. goes, "We can't go on like this." Rake whispered, "Ard, you have to stop this." Ard, Cora's words rattled in Ard's head. You want to go clean? 
the big man asked. Ard wanted Korakai. He remembered her face in that dark alley as she pleaded with him to be done. Well, he was done now. Kind of that last line of like, oh, he's done with the life of crime. So the it is to to be fair to the book, there is that change of it's going from being the ruse artist to he's got to step away for the love type of thing. I doubt. Press so press X for doubt. It just. It, but it hey, maybe maybe that is the case. But maybe it doesn't really feel that way. It, it's a kind of a lame payoff. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah, and maybe it makes it even worse because of that cliche, also weird levels quarrel at the end. Didn't wasn't convincing of how the characters were built up, and mm-hmm. how cheap the argument was. And I have to say, I, I said this briefly with the pacing, but it really did bother me how much this book set up the plans and explained the plans and went into detail of the convoluted plans that didn't need to be convoluted, and the payoff being that weak. I have to reemphasize that. And the last thing I will say, I think this comes from. Uh, this is the end of part one of the book. So this book is split into, I think it's four or five parts. Is that correct? Yeah, five parts. It was five parts. So it's split into five parts. And you know with your Stormlight novels or even Red Rising series does this, it has each part and it's broken down. And the end of those parts has something that you need to pause now. You need a pause. So end of part one in Stormlight, I believe, uh, and I won't. I won't say what it is for, for spoilers purposes. But it ends like woo, something important. Something important that makes you have to sit back and go, "I'm ready." Something cha- is changing in pace with the story. The end of part one, we never heard her name before, but Arter was thinking about Cora or whatnot, and then the last sentence of part one is something like, "Oh, oh my goodness, everything was going okay except Arter was thinking of Tanalyn Four. Tanalyn Four. That name drops this person Tanalyn Four, which we, we haven't don't heard. Know. We yeah. don't know who that is. It's supposed to be this big moment of Tanalyn Four from his past, and it came off. So I'm like, who? Why is that the end of part one? Why is that significant? Oh my god! So I'm. I'm sorry. I'm. I'll move on from plot, but do you want to say anything else on that? Yeah, that's about where... Uh, let's go on to Dialogue and Prose. Dialogue and Prose, what'd you rate that? Eh, four, four, seven, five. Four I give it, it 3.75. Yeah, for, what, for once, I'm harsher on Dialogue Prose than you. Interesting. I know, I, and here's the thing. It's not that I'm thinking, oh, it's significantly better. I think it's just that most books are about average like this. Okay. I think just most books are like maybe a little bit better than this. Okay. But I think I think what yeah. put it lower than just close to average was were these three things. The first I've written down is that this is more unfair because it's maybe maybe I'm putting this into my judgment, but it's his first adult fantasy, so I don't think it reads very well in that setting. Mm. So that's the first thing. But that's more that's more general critique. So to get specific, the second point is the things things we know are explained again by the characters. Yes. So the the prose is so in your face of remember the lizard scene? I do. So I do. That, that was a more annoying aspect that I can This remember. this is a specific point of where he used to write children's book is now writing adult fantasy where he's going, "Hey, the lizard, this is a different lizard on Pekel the island. It's not the king's lizard reader." So it's over explaining himself and wasting lines. The, the economy of words in this is, I think, real bad. Again, Tyler, you, uh, we're, we're critics on here. We're assholes. I'm sorry. So th- this is, again, us being completely unfair. Uh, me, just straight opinion. Of course, I, could I do better? No. But I hated it so much. I really did. And one of the, the biggest reason the, the prose was so awful for me 
was Arter Ben is supposed to be this witty, charming, his dialogue and how he says things is, I'm supposed to feel how charming he is. And here's the line that, you know, Cora falling in love with him. Here, here's what he does. Ard snapped his fingers, an early sign that a sharp idea had entered his mind. The reception hall! I'll put it in the letter. Ard pretended to quote a passage that he had not yet written. We will meet in the place rece palace reception hall, a location familiar to both of us, but one that does not bear the unpleasant memories we share in the throne room. Sparks! Ard was good with words, but Cora wasn't sure why he seemed excited about this venue. Just going on with that. Of that line I just said from Arter, that line of saying, a location familiar to both of us, but one that does not bear the unpleasant memories we share in the throne room. Sparks! Ard was good with words. Are you kidding me? That is disgusting! By the way, again, Tyler Whiteside's author, I would love to interview you, and you could shoot me out. And Tyler, you could say how bad my reviews are. I'm okay, but I just got to I don't know what else to say, is I read that line and went, this might be zero. <laughs> so things like that of where oh, what is really important in a book is a character's voice. As the character's voice is centered on being witting, charming, and I'm supposed to get involved with be and then Arter yeah. says that bullshit? Well, it's just the most average, normal. <laughs> thing. It's just like saying a red. Like, yeah, it's, it's it, like if if uh, she didn't say Sparks Art was good with his words and went on with this, like I might not even paid as much attention to that. It's just when okay, he said a line. Yeah. But the author's kind of going, oh, look how good of a line that. Was. Honestly, just, maybe it's Jesus. Maybe it's, like, here's the headcanon answer. Is, yeah. Cora is so socially inept. Oh God. That she doesn't know oh, what good. Like, God. She sees someone who uses like has moderate social skills and goes like, oh my God, he has such a way with words. Uh, yeah, but She just doesn't understand. I guess so. That's the only explanation I could have. Sure. Sure, bud. <laughs> just Everyone around Art is just going like, yeah. Why is he so fucking full of himself? I'd say the point. Cora's yeah. just like, and now she's going like, I've never seen someone hold a conversation for longer than five minutes it's, before. It's fascinating. Amazing. I've never talked with someone longer than two minutes. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, so, so I would say prose wise, mm -hmm. I would agree. It's, cl it's close to average. Like the prose, the prose itself is so readable. And again, Better job than I could ever do. Uh, it's, on it's here, the here's the thing of where yeah. it's I think average and at least up to a certain level of quality okay. is that the image like it is a very clear picture. So I see what's going on. I'm never confused on where I am, what's going on. The action itself is at least described where that's not confusing, which is good. That's a big. That's a big. Um, it's a very important thing that a lot of like many authors do fall flat on. So it's clear. It's clear writing. the The dialogue itself, um, characters tend to have their own way of talking and voice, so that's at least something there. Like I'm not confused on who's talking. So. We both agree, it's just average to below average. Yeah, I get, I just emphasize more. Hey, if this, if I'm reading a prose, a five prose to me is, you know, I can visualize the stuff. No, it's not perfect with the economy of words. There's fluff here and there, and the characters have their voice. I give that a five. I give mm -hmm. this. I give this the three seven five because, yes, I visualize stuff. It checks that it checks that box there. But the character voice is supposed to portray one thing, and it absolutely does not. 
and then the mm. economy of words isn't just bad it's real bad for how long this book is like 250,000 plus words the story exaggerates so long he, I don't I think it could have been half this length and been more effective so I put that in with the dialogue pros and uh, this isn't uh, I'm, you agree just it's you just rate I agree. it a tiny bit I, higher I, right yeah I could possibly even lower it you can convince me but let's let's not right now <laughs> let's go to the last category world of building world building a magic system I gave it 4.5 what'd you give it I gave it a 3.25 wait 3.25 yeah oh I think before you changed it a bit you had it like a 5 before didn't you or a 4.5 I lowered or, it okay you lowered it since we last talked yeah interesting so yeah. I'm, I'm gonna agree go ahead rant it's your, I've been ranting okay. too much your number, rant time number one thing on world building what, yes what makes it successful or versus unsuccessful yep believability Mm-hmm. Or do you sit there and could you imagine scenarios and it gives you a sense of wonder of like, oh, this could happen. Oh, oh, this definitely couldn't happen. That doesn't work. But oh, but this could happen. And everything just feels coherent, believable, and you feel like it's a real place somewhere out there. The best example being Lord of the Rings, because you put so much time into the history of it. that It is real. It's as real as something fictional can be. Mm-hmm. And so there's that internal consistency. With... The Thousand Deaths of Arter Ben, I kept getting taken out of the story by some of the choices made in the world, that it feels very an incoherent world. So I think all the stuff with the dragons was stupid. It was so darn stupid of how dragons actually mate, how they take care of their feces, and what, what was going on with the, the dragon mate. We're like, okay, well, here's the plan, is... How dragons work is they lay their eggs and then they leave it and then they they can psychologically feel when it was uh, fertilized and then they'll come back and then they'll uh, carry it away and that just felt like it was created just for so the plot like oh that way because they have to have some way to steal the egg and then like how the dragons will it the dragon will kill its prey kill it and then leave it there. And run around and brag that it killed a tiny boar or something. And run around and then possibly another dragon will hear that and go steal the prey. And I went, that's stupid. That is a very stupid thing for dragons to do. I I don't believe it for a second. No. Like, all of this. And all this was on the aspect of, oh, well, that's how that they can actually bait the dragons. No, it's stupid. It's a stupid idea. And you know what would have been a better idea for that specific instance of you guys who have actually read it? How funny would it be and entertaining of they do have to bait the dragon to eat something, so they capture a wild boar, put it under with memory grit or some grit. There's some grit for it. I don't know. Put them to sleep so they don't feel the pain. They got healing grit. Cut open a boar. Stuff the thing that they need to actually get them to eat, like put the wood, put the, the shells in there memory grit seal it up and then they have to take this boar with them around and whenever they find the dragon basically feed the boar to it and wrangle it and how funny would be if like the crew walking around and they're like have this pet boar with them now one of them names it like oh no now you named it we're gonna have to feed it to the dragon maybe it runs off and you go the regalia no and you have to run out and go it would be fun and just a more believable aspect of it but the fact that it's just like so lame of yeah. the how dragons hunt is they kill it 
Then they don't eat it. Then they run and brag about it. And then some other creature will eat it. What? No. <laughs> That's so stupid. Can, can I say? Can I say? No, none of that. That's that's great because we looked at the world in two different ways. Like that part, I was just done with the story by then. So you you were focusing on that. I was like, I was already done. Can I say what my the best and worst part about the magic system was? The best, and I think you'd agree with this, was uh, I just completely lost my train of thought. Like so I looked at There's your nothing? I looked at your eyes and I went whoa. Like I got hypnotized for a second. Of, uh, I was, got, got something to say, Austin? Yeah, I've been meaning to say this recently, yeah, actually. You know, you keep the, you know <laughs> shove that deep stack down. Just take that thought in your head and put it deep, deep down. I'm, tr- I'm really, tr- I'm just talking words so I can remember what the hell I was trying to say. <laughs> and, okay, oh my God. What, oh, it okay, was, what oh, is okay. the aspect of the story oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. pissed that, you off? No, most? that was the best. I'll say best and worst of best the world. Best of the world. Building. Best was, I didn't, the time travel was strange, but I like how it had this checkpoint type of magic to it. Yeah. It was a great concept, and I think the best thing I can also, say about it made about sense the... in context because of the mm-hmm. um, the illusion grit. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. okay, yeah. it's a different yeah, version yeah. of illusion grit. That's yeah. starting to make sense. Yeah. Okay. So it, I did, I rated the world building and magic 4.5, so below average. So I, I want to say the good is there's a lot there, the islands, the moon sickness. I think there's cool concepts. I think the dragon digesting and coming on magic are all really cool concepts. I think executed poorly. But as far as the world goes, I got to give credit to, hey, he created this world, clearly put a ton of ton of effort into this book, and there's some interesting aspects. There's the religion, the way firsts, interesting. There's snippets. I, I can't say, I mean, I don't love it. I just know there's interesting elements there. I'm like, okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. And the checkpoint kind of time travel was a neat concept and kind of worked. Yeah. Now, where the worst aspect comes in, the, mm-hmm. we're giving as much praise as I could to the world. The worst aspect is actually something, and our, our patron, Orcish Dad, said this, mm-hmm. and I completely agree with him, where a world feels real when the magic and the fantasy in that world affect the culture and affect the day-to-day, and that's what makes it feel real. When, when you're reading Middle Earth, when you're reading... Real times map and world doesn't even have a name, right? But we, when you're yeah. when you're reading, uh, when you're reading about Westeros, all these feel so real because hey, dragons being in Westeros from before deeply impact how society works and functions and having the Seven Kingdoms. The every story, it's magic and it's fantasy impacts how people live day to day. So the dra- re- the yeah, dragon really right, the dragon reborn in the Wheel of Time, like not the history of that impacts all cultures and it's felt everywhere ubiquitously because it changes everything it's huge so grit what makes grit so bad isn't just how it's implemented in the plot but like orcish dad was saying we were talking back and forth in the patreon what he said about this is the grit doesn't seem to impact the culture in a significant way whereas like mostly light so okay you wouldn't have light if there's not grit but things like this of the example he used was why would you let smoke on stages if you can disguise smoke with other grit? Uh, did I explain that? that yeah, that his was, point of view was. Oh, that yeah, was a point really of view good point. Illusion grit shouldn't be possible because why would they? Why would you let smoke on stage if your entire world is filled with things that create smoke for magic? Yeah. So the world here would be a simple fix. It would make the world feel more real is when there's a stage performance, no smoke. Like smoke is outlawed. Even fire smoke. Like people get really suspicious. 
like chimneys aren't allowed in this world or something like that because smoke because smoke is important now because you could be disguising something you could be having a grit it's how does it part of the economy having these elements of showing okay it actually impacts how people live boom instantly way better of a world maybe no one like why don't people use torches? Well, no one's allowed to use fire. Yeah. Like in a put like fire is more regulated because of how grit works. Mm-hmm. And so everyone has to use the expensive light grit because right. it's smokeless. You know, it's like something it, like that. It's a stable energy source. And there's not this random fire out there where it could be dangerous. I don't know. Something to change where it doesn't, where it feels like a fantasy world and it feels. Yeah. All, and all the ruses feel so easy because the world's not prepared for the grit they're using. Yeah. That's what's so strange is I guess why the plot is so unsatisfying with these oh, here's how you use this grit and this grit it's without consequences of it's it's the world is inviting you to ruse itself the world is unprepared for how long have they had this grit it's been the dragons have been there forever also why don't they use grit in like any kind of defense the one instance of actually smart grit use that the king employs for kind of security measures yeah is embedding barrier grit into the grout of the walls. That's the one instance, like, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. If someone tries breaking through yes. with any kind of void or whatever, yep, yep, yep. cool. But I'm thinking, like, the locks. Wouldn't there be interesting uses to use grit to, like, right. self-destruct systems and all this? But no, it's kind of just regular locks and then a booby-trapped gun. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay, I, qu- question for you. Arter Ben is yeah. the only one who could use grit in creative ways. Yeah. Good point. No one else, like, what the most creative thing that the nobles and all them did was they made ice using grit for their cocktails. (laughs) For their cocktails. That's the most creative thing that they did. And that led Arter Ben to doing something on Pekal, right? He used that in order to to escape. Yeah. So, yeah, he used it more interestingly than all of society could come up with. And uh, so that's my question for you is this I gave it a four or five. And the reason my rating is there is I had to balance the I hated grit so much and how mm-hmm. it was implemented in the world, but I respected the elements of culture. of uh, The wayfarers were interesting. The time checkpoint was interesting. Do you think, based on my feelings, mm-hmm. do you think I should lower it or raise it? Not based on what you think, but based, mm-hmm. on, based on my grievances here, where would you put that? I would, I would say you should lower it a little bit. Maybe to a four? Maybe. On, just on your, uh, what you're sounding like, it sounds like the integration... Above, yeah of the world with its magic is a fundamental problem. It is. And I, I think the Wayfarers are kind of interesting and that it becomes not as interesting when it by the end. But eh. Okay, so you think what if I have it at a four or five? This is important by the way, viewers. Like this we have to nail our reviews on the dot. If I think I'll I'll go lower to a four. Okay. Half point lower. So my total is now a three six. It's even lower. Even lower. I I am Wonderful. I love Great. that score. I love that score. Rich, anything you want to say on world building? Anything else? No, that's about it. This this book was uh, kind of a stinker for us, but uh, hopefully the next book's actually good. Uh, we're actually going to be reading Pier, uh, let me Piranesi. Piranesi. Yes. Next, so I'm looking forward to. It. I've heard very good things about that book. Uh-huh. If you want to read that book with us, you can join our Patreon down below. Absolutely. And. And hey, we got more Red Rising stuff coming out. That'll be a lot of fun. Yep. I just want to say, hey, also let us know, was this more negative review necessary? Do you guys want us to review books we didn't like? Because this is our first one where we both really didn't like a book. 
Yeah, we is tend it, to try and do reviews where, yeah. like, it's something we can recommend. Right. But I felt that we needed to be honest and, like, show the... Like, we're yeah. not just always positive on other reviews. It's There's books we genuinely don't like. Yeah. And was this valuable? Let us know if this was entertaining enough and yeah. whatnot. And we'll we'll just... If, if you guys don't want us to have... If, if we wouldn't recommend a book, you don't want us to review it, let us know. And we'll just stick to books that are generally we like. But, yeah. All right. Bye-bye, y'all. Bye-bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.